Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Super D, baby. Daryl. Oh, I thought you were going to say, let's go, Brandon. Anyway, uh, this is episode 310. Let's go, Brandon. I mean, what if trailers were heels? Um, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Uh, I, I kind of feel like I'm kind of in an honorary mood. I'm, I feel like you're kind of in an honorary mood. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I am a little bit. So, so this is gonna be kind of fun. We were just listening to some stuff on online, and uh, yeah. So, all right. So this week we have for you some Venom Two news. Just to remind you, Daryl gave it a seven point five out of ten headless priests, and I gave it a seven out of ten. Um, Venom, Venom, Venom. Oh, dude, I had to do that. Every Sorry. all like, dude. Honestly, it just kind of pops into my head at random times. Goddamn Marshall Mathers. Uh, I don't know any line from that from that uh, song. Except it's that. just Venom, 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 Venom. Uh, all right, we've got some Lucasfilm rumor about uh, an animated treatment of the original Star Wars films. We'll get Ooh. to that. Uh, we got a bunch of trailer talk. Um, so we've got the Expanse Season 6 official teaser, House of the Dragon official teaser, uh, Lost in Space teaser trailer <laughs> for the final <laughs> yeah. season, Lock and Key Season 2 trailer, and Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City official trailer in theaters November 24th. But before we get started, I just want to remind everybody on November the 11th or November the 8th, 11, 8, I was about to say, uh, okay. 11, 8, that is a Monday night. If you are in the Cincinnati area, come join us at Fretboard Brewing uh, in Blue Ash, Ohio for our second live show at Fretboard Brewing in Blue Ash, Ohio, where we will be talking about toys. And as yeah. part of that, we are doing a toy drive for Toys for Tots Cincinnati. So we will have a, we'll have a way to collect toys. I don't know if we're getting a barrel. I have to figure that out. Um, I did talk to uh, a very nice man in charge of it. He's a former sergeant in the Marines, and he's pretty awesome. So I'm excited that we're going to do something nice for them. And we have a special guest uh, that will be joining us partway through that show. Sweet. So it's very We'll exciting. do it live. Live. Live and in person. I think what we should do is we, we should get there a little early. And just start drinking, and do the do the whole <laughs> show liquored up. Ooh! And then David from Beers and Beards podcast can come save us. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say fun and dangerous. Oh, anyway. Um. So yeah. So a bunch of fun stuff happening. Um. Over the next couple of weeks, we're very excited. Uh. If you. Need a reminder about the event? You can head over to Fretboard Brewing on Facebook. They have an event set up. Just mark yourself as going, and we will hopefully see you there. All right, let's get into Venom 2 news. This made me really happy, actually. The Venom 2 news. Uh, so I have Box Office Mojo up, and... Uh, the headline is Venom 2 sinks its, sinks its teeth into $90 million domestic debut, shattering pandemic era record. Uh, and then it talks about Bond doing well overseas and the shitty Sopranos prequel movie being shitty. Uh, anyway, but <laughs> uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage 
It says, although a Marvel property is technically not a part of the MCU, au contraire, um, (laughs) (laughs) still that didn't prevent the PG-13 rated sequel starring Tom Hardy from racking up up Marvel-sized numbers in its opening frame. Um, This is super exciting. I mean, like, really, really quite exciting. So to date, Venom is uh, in a week. Has has grossed 131 million worldwide. Uh, to to put that into uh, what's it called? Um, perspective. Perspective. Sean Chi has grossed 389 million since uh, the very beginning of September. Yeah. So, and I believe yeah. Venom has not been released in China where. The first movie made, I think, two hundred sixty-nine million or something along those lines. That would be correct, so, sir. Um, Venom has been where to go? Uh, we had it. I don't remember where it went. Um, yeah, Venom has only had only been released in the U.S. and Russia uh, to this point. It has not had its global release yet. Uh, so it's pretty exciting to to see what it's doing um you know as far as box office goes and i mean you know i kind of touched on this i i i i would say probably close to half of the venom fan base has never read a comic book they just like oh, that's they absolutely. like venom yeah they like it's like harley quinn they like people like harley quinn who have never seen a venom movie which is fine you know no, no, yeah. no issues there. None whatsoever. Like you like what you're going to like. Great. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there are, there are people who have never, ever, ever seen, um, <laughs> seen Venom or read a Venom comic or know anything well, outside yeah. of the first Venom movie and maybe so, the cartoons. So after we watched, you know, we went to go see Venom two the next day, me and Jess watched the first Venom. Mm-hmm. And afterwards she said, am I allowed to say this? This might be my favorite character. <laughs> so there are, I mean, yes, yeah, she's seen all the MCU movies, mm-hmm. but that's an example. I mean, none of the DC, ex- well, no, we watched Aquaman and man of steel, I believe and that's it. But yeah, there are people like her that, you know, you know, not a comic book reader, mm-hmm. not like super into, well, not in depth into stuff like we are. And a lot of other people, <clears throat> excuse me, but yeah, that is great to hear. I, I mean, this was, you know, in our review, we said it was like a campy, over the top fun fest. Mm-hmm. It was exactly, it did what it was supposed to do. So, you know? so, so, can I put it in a little bit more perspective for you? What's that? The domestic opening of Venom in 2018 was $80,255,756. Yeah. On less theaters. Or yes. on, I'm sorry, on more on more more screens on more theaters on more th- yeah. more more screens. Yes. Yeah. So one, yeah, <laughs> one of the things the article mentioned is it did it like I think I think they used the word staggering or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Twenty one thousand the per Hollywood, screen. The or Hollywood something. Reporter has the best markup on it. I just put the uh, the box office mojo article up because mm-hmm. I wanted to just show that and make it easy for you guys to go track uh, and look. But yeah, so far it's domestic. And it opened in Russia um, on September 30th, so just a day before, uh, and it grossed 15 million. And the budget for this one, I want to say, was like 150. 
um, mm-hmm. which was only fifty million up from the first movie. So, you know, yeah. which made which, which at the end of its run made almost nine hundred million dollars. So, which is crazy. Yeah, I think. like for, I never would have expected that for, movie to for make. a movie that, like myself, most people were lukewarm on the idea of having Venom yeah. without Spider Man. Yeah, and I will touch on. I will ask you a question. With all of that, 90 million, 10 million more than the first one, mm-hmm. you know, it hasn't opened up overseas really, except in Russia. During the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> How many people are talking about this movie? None. Like, and, and when I say people, None. I mean, you know, you, you and me and uh, my product manager, one of my product managers at work, who he and I had like a half hour conversation at the end of the day. But about how it. many articles did we see about how much Shang-Chi made, even about Black Widow? Oh, yeah. Which, you know, oh, well, by yeah, the way, I mean, Black Widow is on Disney Plus now. Yeah, for free. Uh, Don't bother. But, it's horrible. Um, <laughs> But no, seriously, it's. Yeah. This is what. Again, when we are going to movie theaters, what is, we, I mean, people, yeah, I, we just want to be entertained. That's all we want. What is the difference between Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Black Widow, and Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi. <laughs> you said his name is Sean for most of the movie. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely so right. His, I, I'm going to call it Shang-Chi <laughs> because you told me his name was Sean, so... And I think that sounds better than Shang-Chi. Anyway. Um no, what what's the di- what what's the difference in, in the uh the, the the composition of the lead actors? Oh, you're talking about no check marks? No, no check boxes? Not 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 one single checkbox checked off for Venom. So of course they're not gonna talk about it. It's just like that school shooting in Texas that like just disappeared all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Except for that mm-hmm. they let that kid yeah. out on bail already. So, uh, so yeah. Again, all we want, all we want is good stories. When we're talking about movies, when we're talking about TV shows or books, whatever medium you want to talk about, just give us good stories. You know, you can make the characters whatever you want, mm-hmm. as long you know if they're original characters, I should say. Yeah. But the story and the characters always come first. Not the character's race, not the character's gender. You know, unless it's like prevalent to the story, like really important to the story, which there are books I've read that are really good, that that's important to the story. The Wheel of Time, for example, it's very important to the story because, you know, even though the trailer was filled with, you know, diversity ink, the trailer actually looked pretty good. But, you know, only the women, for a certain reason, the women are the only ones that can wield magic. and, And there's a reason for that. But that's important to the story. And I mean, this these books came out in like the late 90s or something like that. But it it, it is something like that. It matters from a from an inception, meaning that you can't just change a character and say, okay, now we can do this. If it matters to that degree, there's nothing wrong. There's literally nothing wrong with it. It's when you change it to for a damn checkbox. That's the problem. And that's what we're seeing with some of the Marvel stuff. And that's what we're seeing with a lot of the other stuff. A lot of the like Ghostbusters 2016 or like all these, you know, female led spy movies that are throwing out the same tropes as the, that, you know, as the male lead ones, which it offers nothing except, you know, just, just a woman in its place. Correct. And, and the place of a guy. Right. And that is a problem because this just, it just shows lazy writing 
they don't take the time with these characters when they do that. You can mm-hmm. see it because these are so such lukewarm films. Right. Like a, a good example of how to do it right. I can. I love Atomic Blonde because oh, right. that was a little yeah. different take on things as far as the spy thriller. Like uh, Charlie Theron was great. Atomic Blonde, Peppermint. Um, what was the one with Jennifer Lopez where it was like the kid, like she was the teacher and had sex with the kid, and then he tried to uh, blackmail her, and it turned into this whole revenge thing. Oh really yeah, you know what I'm talking I, I about. Don't know that was really good. yeah, I know exactly um, what you're talking but about. But no, there's a whole genre of these. Underworld, like these are great yeah. movies that you know are great because they're great stories. I think what these people forget. And I think it's because it's become such a, a, a huge industry money-wise is that they are the court jesters of our lives. And they're here to entertain us. I'm they are entertained. They are most, for the most part, um, especially actors, are empty vessels who are told what to say, where to stand, and what facial expressions to make. Yes. I don't need anything from any of them beyond that. Now, authors, yeah. that's different. Artists, mm-hmm. like comic book artists, that's different. The people who do cinematography and, and, and special effects and things like that, that's different. When it comes to an actor who are the people, the actors and the writers of these movies and comic books, especially, uh, when it comes to this, make me a bike clown. <laughs> and if you don't get that reference, go catch up on your Vince Vaughn movies. <laughs> Anyway, uh, all right, let's move on. <laughs> so, wow, we talked about that for a while. All right. Um... <laughs> this one is, I, I, I can submit, I, I, uh, sum this up by saying, please don't. That's I, yeah. all I, can, I So this is a rumor. And, and, and so this is on Bounding. And I've seen a couple other places. I've seen it a couple other places. Uh, rumor, Lucasfilm to reimagine original Star Wars films as animated movies. Now, here's the thing. If they were going to take, like, panel, per, like, shot for shot remake and do it animated in Ralph McQuarrie's original style of art, yes, please. That would be really cool. I would enjoy that. I would like to see that. But no, 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 no. Or uh, how does Az say it? Um, when he does the no. No, 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 no. <laughs> whatever yeah. he does. I can't do it. Um, no, they are going to take the original draft of Star Wars and, and, and use McQuarrie's style to do this. Um, and they will also blend elements from the second draft, um, in regards of what happened to Empire and Return of the Jedi. Now, let me tell you, like, boys and girls, it's story time with Adam Cole, baby. Um, <laughs> Dark Horse did this. Dark Horse made The Star Wars as a comic book maxi series with 12 issues. I will say this. The art is beautiful. It is be- it's one of the the it's one of the prettiest like painted comic books you're ever going to see um and and you know it's it it uh, did I say 12? I think it's eight. Yes. Sorry, it's eight issues. My bad. Um, anyway, but it's a maxi series, and it, it deals with Anakin Star Killer. Um, it was, you know, it, it was fine. <laughs> so uh, Jonathan Rensler took George Lucas's rough draft and did it. Um, Mike Mayhew 
did the art and like I said, it's beautiful. Uh, but no, please do not make this into an animated movie. Um, if you're going to do animated stuff and you're not going to follow like beat for beat, just do more visions. Yeah. Like, which again, okay. honestly, had, which is okay. I thought visions was okay. I didn't love it. Yeah. Uh, I really only, I only really, really liked the first episode. The rest of the stuff was, was oh, fine. I love the, the first episode. The twins was the other episode I really liked. Um, but not mm-hmm. nearly as much as the first episode. And I still have four episodes to watch. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I only have to one to watch, but when I read that, when I first saw the, you know, the title of this article, that was my first thought, it, what you said, what the first thing you said about taking Macquarie's uh, original kind of, you know, storyboarding and stuff like that. And then I started reading the article and the more I read it, the more I said, this is a bad idea. Not just because the story itself was, spoiler alert, a draft that yeah. went through a lot of changes. And if you read the draft, it is be thankful it did go through those just, changes. I mean, honestly, just hop on Comixology Unlimited. Go to infospodcast.com slash Comixology and you get 30 free days. And you can you can read this and you can say no. <laughs> yeah. You can you but, can look this, down at, at the people at Lucasfilm and say no. Yeah. And this is the other thing where when I was reading and I was like, why would you do this other than, you know, trying to make money until they prove me otherwise, I truly think they are trying to sabotage Star Wars other than Visions, And granted, it's the Mandalorian. I thought was, you know, the Mandalorian is pretty good, is good because it's out of the hands for the most part, I think, of the movie section of Star Wars. But I again, it sounds like a conspiracy theory, but based on the things that they put out for us for Star, as Star Wars fans and the things more more damning, the things that they've said. It just seems like they're continually trying to make us forget the original trilogy that started all of this. Correct. And that's why I say, just please don't. That's all I need to say about this. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Correct. Correct. <gasps> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's just it's one of those things where. Um, yeah, no, please, please, no. Please, please don't under any stretch of the imagination uh, remake the original series into an animated series based on the first draft. Uh, I mean, here's the thing, though, is like the first draft doesn't tick off any of the checkboxes that they want to see out of Star Wars. Oh, they would make it. I mean, the, that's the we thing. We know that. They're, what they're going to do is going to be like, oh, this is the first draft that we made mm-hmm. 40 years, 50 years later. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. For 44 years later, this was the, with this, we magically found this woke first draft that George Lucas wrote. And he and, had behavioral sync in 1974 before anything like this happened you know it's just yeah stop just don't <laughs> plain and simple please, please no yeah. uh yeah to, to to quote uh bumper from from pitch perfect no no hard 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 pass <laughs> all right uh, uh let's do some trailer talk 
Oh man, there's there's a lot of trailers, and we're not going to even talk about Dune trailer okay. because you know there's no, a, you want to there's a Dune, there was a Dune trailer. I think there was another Dune trailer that came out just before that Dune trailer. I did not watch either of them because I don't want to see any more of the movie until I see the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, it, which if is fi- which is fine. So, and again, I've only it's not one of those. I only watched it once, and I was like, Look, I'm I'm into it. I'm looking forward to it. It's what we have two weeks before it comes out. Mm-hmm. We didn't need we didn't need to talk about that, but no. uh, yeah, I, there were a couple other trips. Like Halloween say, Kills comes out. Yeah, we just we just actually watched Halloween the last the 2018 duel or the final duel. The last duel comes Whatever. out next week. Yeah, which we're gonna we're gonna review we that might, next week. Yeah. We're gonna I'm do a, for, I like yeah we're gonna do another go see the movie and review it right away first take um <laughs> review so yeah all right so yeah. let's hop in let's hop into these trailers I, you know calling well, half actually, of them are teasers dude there are the the only thing that's a uh I guess the last two are trailers the first three are teasers yeah so all right so we start we're gonna kick off with uh one of our favorite properties. The expanse. Uh so it's it just kind of kicks off just kind of showing everybody. Um except for Alex, RIP. Although we get to see his plaque, so at least there's something there. Yeah. Um legitimate salvage. Yes, legitimate salvage. Uh but you see Marco is is uh rocking the man bun like champion. Um I imagine he's got some sort of algae microbrew going uh, on his ship, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. So I'm I'm really interested to see what they do here because there's there's a lot of story left with uh, even with the sixth book for where they are at the moment, um, and there's a there's some setup if they're gonna if they're gonna like this be the end, but not goodbye. And come back in in like in a couple years and and do the last three books as a, as a mini series, mm-hmm. um or or you know hopefully three full seasons, uh, there's some setup that they have to do there as well, um, but yeah I I, I mean it's it's the this is a teaser in in everything you see a bunch of ships getting blown up you see the Rossi, uh, it looks like it's getting blown up but I think it's just going through a ring gate and they are not showing us the final uh special effect mm-hmm. so um yeah but yeah so it's 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 interesting and i did like i do like how it was the expanse and it was earth and then the moon and then mars like all stacked and then a ring gate behind all of that yeah i so i'm really excited i'm excited for this but i'm nervous because you know the whole loss of you know cast amber not being on this show is absolutely going to affect it. I just yes. don't know how. I don't know if they, you know, having, uh, you know, Bobby being more involved with the crew or... Um, Bull. Yeah, Bull. Well, yeah, Bull. Forgot about Bull. And, uh, you know, uh, what's his, what's her name? Drummer. Not Melba. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Melba. Peaches. Peaches, yeah. So. Having her... I, I don't know if that will be able to offset and, because, you know, the guy that plays she's, she's not Melba at this point, Daryl. She's Clarissa. Yeah. Yeah. Clarissa. She yeah. Rules I, I, the universe. I, I, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just, just kind of wary about that because the dynamics is going to be thrown off with, 
what we're getting from the books. Uh, do we have a episode count yet? For this? Uh, I have not seen one. Because um, they've been kind of yeah, they've been kind of mum on that. They've been well, they've been shortchanging <laughs> us to be honest um, <laughs> with the with the episode count, and you know, but it's December tenth, so we've got a little over a month and a half, and or actually yeah. we've got two months, two months and two days. Um, sorry, come for it to come out. So this is exciting. Um, oh, it's only going to be six episodes. Ah. <sighs> Oh, hold on. No, this is, never mind. this is a comment. This person says, I'm okay with season six, or with season six being six episodes as long as each of those episodes is three hours long. So that is not a. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did watch a video about the guy who covers the show about what, two weeks, two, three weeks ago. And he was, he was kind of measuring out what the production schedule was for the other seasons and the episode mm-hmm. count versus that and kind of talking about what he heard he he didn't have any definitive statement either but he said it seemed like it was going to be like that six or eight episode kind of uh time or frame because just based on the production schedule but again it was just kind of guesstimating you know i mean yeah he was taken based on what the other seasons were and then the seasons with 10 episodes i think he did yeah and uh and what kind of um, based on their their shoot schedule? So the Expanse wiki at expanse.fandom has it as six. So okay. uh, December tenth is the first one, and then the finale finale is January fourteenth. So yeah, uh, we're not even gonna get like three episodes to start. Uh, uh, Sons of bitches! That, this this has me. That has me. That Kevin. That almost comp. That, Basic confirmation has me nervous. They're gonna jetpack it. They're, they're gonna, gonna jetpack it, yeah. Daryl. They're gonna. They're gonna try to rush and throw stuff in, and that's what this show has done a good job of avoiding for the most part is not rushing storylines. Na- Naomi's gonna and go crazy tough. and kill Jim, and then kill everyone on Earth, and then like yeah. stand there on the moon overlooking the burnt husk of Earth, like, and then. Uh, and then Bobby's gonna come up and, and kill her and oh wait, no, that's Game of yeah, Thrones. So my bad. Yeah, I was about to say they're they're gonna Game of Thrones it, which is a nice segue into yeah. all right. Uh so House of the Dragon. Um that one is also out in this one comes October wait, no. When does this one come out? Twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two. That's right. Uh so this is based on the Blood and Fire. Uh, book about the Targaryens. This is 200 years before the Game of Thrones. Uh, so this was when the Targaryens were, were strictly in charge and the actual Iron Throne looks like what it's described as in the book. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say I'm a little concerned about this because it has one of my least favorite actors as the lead. Doctor Who? Uh, what? <laughs> I didn't see David Tennant in here. Matt Smith. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah I Peter, saw the trailer. Peter and... Capaldi. <laughs> Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, yeah. Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, old, old Skynet himself, Matt Smith. Yeah. So yeah, I saw it. I saw. I actually, when I saw that, that's what I thought. It's like, is that Matt Smith? And I had to look that up real quick. Oh, uh, I'm no, cons- I know Matt Smith wherever I see him, and I know I don't like him. So. 
<laughs> he's no. in the movie you want to see though i last know that's the Soho. thing i i i'm 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 giving him a shot with um the last night in so- soho and uh we'll see it, it it really just depends i i'm just i'm not a fan i'm just not i never really have been and that there's nothing wrong with that and, and you know? but but here's the thing is now my expectations are so low for this series i'll probably love it <laughs> <laughs> I love this, how they did this trailer. This is it's a, beautiful. It's a perfect it, example of how to do a trailer. It, it shows the, nothing and yet it gets you hype for an actual trailer. Yeah. Uh, my questions are, and it's not for me. I could again, uh, you know, while I was disappointed, somewhat disappointed. And again, we we're talking about the expanse rushing things. It's, you know, Game of Thrones season eight and seven and eight did something they rushed because they cut down the episode length. They sold us a bill of goods saying these are going to be feature length episodes. Like, no, they weren't. No, they were like an hour so, and 10 minutes long. That was it. Yeah. They're, they they were a so little my, bit longer, but they were not feature length. Yeah. So my question is, it, do you think that some of that, you know, the criticism of season eight, which some of it is absolutely justified. Some of it is just people piling on like they tend to do on the internet. But like David Chappelle, Dave Chappelle said, yeah. Twitter is not a real place. No, I love that line. I love that line. Uh, so, but also, it's this EP executive producer and showrunner Ryan Condal. I mean, his track record is not what I would call robust or strong. He okay. has writing yeah. credits that include Colony, Rampage, which is a movie that's so dumb, but I love it. It's just like that comic book movie that you know the video game movie. This failed pilot, the six gun, the rock Hercules movie. And he's also done the script at the script for Highlander, the reboot, mm. which has been in development for like a decade plus. Yeah. I don't know and if that's Logan's even the run, same script which, they're using. Yeah. I don't know. So, I honestly don't know. I don't oh, know the if he Logan's did a rewrite run of reboot. Or, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Which so. uh, please stop making reboots. Please. People, yep. Please. Cut out. Uh, please. Yeah. So, so here, here's, here's my thought is one i did not hate season eight um i didn't no, no. I, I wasn't it wasn't the best season it was definitely better than season one um season one is hands down my least favorite season of game of thrones i had to i had to watch season one and then go read the books to decide if i wanted to keep watching the show um <laughs> that's how that's Such how yeah. little i think of season one um I, I think the funny thing is, is is I don't believe Game of Thrones is culturally as culturally relevant now as it was. Um, mm-hmm. I've never seen something so popular fall out of the just zeitgeist of pop culture. Mm-hmm. Get my Ben Wyatt on there uh, <laughs> as quickly as Game of Thrones. I mean, it was literally it was like, oh, I'm 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 house I'm house Targaryen. I'm House oh, absolutely, Lannister. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a Northman, and I'm a, I'm a tree elf, and whatever the fuck, and then it was just gone. Yeah, it was yeah. just a yeah, bl- blink, right. and you miss it. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I'm of that same, you know, thought process. Is I was disappointed with the last two seasons, just because. Again, there's no I don't think there's an argument to be made that you can say they didn't rush that. It it absolutely felt rushed. You know, people were teleporting all over, you know, Westeros and you know How and other you? continents. 
but what, what comes in when people say this ruined Game of Thrones for me and I'm thinking, you know what, you're taking things a little too serious. No, a lot too seriously. I yeah, I absolutely thought they were rushed, but I still Yeah, that was clown show right there. When you say, it. Yeah. yeah, when you say you ruined it. No, they didn't they didn't ruin it. They just it it became fan fiction. The last two seasons were all fan fiction because, yeah. you know, one, uh George still has two books to write. Two um Which we will never get. The night king is not mm-hmm. really a character in the book in the books no in the song of ice and fire the knights king completely different character uh is a huge character in the book that we never got to see we never got to see any of the the um lady stark catlin stark uh yeah which honestly lady, lady stoneheart was lady one stoneheart. of my which was one of my least favorite parts of the book to be honest right so. but it makes uh, but it Dedrick, changed or, a lot of stuff. What was it? Barrick Dondarrion Barrick became Dondarrion, a much yeah. better character with Lady Stoneheart. Um, I could, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. So I, I I'm excited. Uh, the the Targaryens were my least favorite family <laughs> in Game of Thrones. So yeah, I, they were. I, I think this will go a long way to showing like the realm at its peak. Um, the realm. The realm. This was this was the realm at its peak, um, leading into the downfall of you know, Aegon Targaryen, uh, Duncan the Tall, and all of the stories mm-hmm. we got to hear about tangent- tangentially through the books and shows. Um, so yeah, so this is this is actually based on a book that George R. R. Martin wrote instead of finishing Game of Thrones, or sorry, instead of finishing A Song of Ice and Fire. So I don't know. I'm kind of tempted to just grab the audiobook and like try and bust through it in a couple days. Um, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Actually I have I have it on my uh nook. I need to finish it. Yeah. So all right, let's uh talk Lost in Space. Another very solid teaser where I love how again, these teasers one of the things these teasers, all of these teasers have in common is they set a specific mm-hmm. tone what we're expecting what, what i expect dread. to be that tone throughout <laughs> the, yes there yeah this especially this one when you talk about will robinson being which it's funny hearing his voice now because he's he's grown up a yeah, bit he's uh, like, it's like my family <laughs> he family. almost sounds like vin diesel he sounds like the kid that played <laughs> dom and the racetrack in f9 uh i love the look of this show more than anything yes. else, I love, love, love the look of this show. The the set design, the robot, the the costuming, the just everything about it, I love. I'm mm-hmm. also very excited that they decided to make this a three season show. Yes. Um, yes. There has been very little bloat to this show. It's been a ton of action. And I really want to see what my girl Penny does. Um, yeah. Because she is a badass. Will is a badass. Um, I'm I'm just, I don't know. I'm a, fa- I'm a fan of this show. This is like one of the yes. few Netflix shows that have been put out uh, in recent memory that I am so high and fond of. Yeah. So season one, I like season one. I, I mean, I, again, I. I, I was excited for season two. I was not expecting to like season two as much as I did. Yeah. And this trailer 
I, I am going to have to go back and, you know, do a rewatch of this show. Although, you know, this coming up is going to be December 1st. You know, it's coming on December mm-hmm. 1st on Netflix, but I am really, I am looking forward to this and I hope they keep that momentum that they, I mean, they did such a good job with season two. I mean, they yeah. don't get me wrong. They've done a good job in both seasons, but I thought season two added a lot of depth to more just storytelling wise. I thought season two was just a more complete. And like you were talking about the action. Yeah, I really. And th- this one looks really dark. This one looks really strong on action. I Like you said, I love the look of it. I love the look of the ship, the look of robot. I'm just looking, I am looking forward to this. I, it's funny because I, it's been kind of like out of my purview for the, you know, for a long time now. And I, every now and then I would do a search for it, but now seeing this teaser, I'm really starting to get excited you know, for this comeback. Same one, 100%. Um, I love this cast. I like, I'm, I'm just a fan. Uh, I also really liked how Parker Posey went full Parker Posey in season two. Uh, yeah. And it just worked because typically when she goes full posy, um, there's a line in Tropic Thunder that I'm not gonna say, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Nor- normally you don't you you don't go you never go full posy, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. to quote RDJ, um, yeah. All right. So next up is an actual trailer, a whole two minutes and fifteen seconds of quote lock and key end quote. <sighs> this uh, out of all the trailers and this is uh, out of all the things we're talking about and this is including resident evil which i have thoughts on myself mm-hmm. this is probably the most tepid one for me where i just i, I again I, I told you i'm not watching this yeah and again i'm not coming from this place you're coming from in the sense of loving this series i like the series like the first i read like the first 10 issues or something along those lines and season one of this changed a lot from there and and again there was some stuff i would ask you i didn't know what changed because i didn't get that far and you're like they brought this in from this well i mean they brought the end the end of the series essentially to the end of season one and then now they're gonna like shoehorn all the stuff that led up to that in this next season and it's just look and (sighs) and i said this before we started talk before we started recording a lot of these creatives in Hollywood think they are smarter than they really are. Yeah. Well, Look, like you have you're not going to do it. You have Dodge creating a key in this trailer. All right. Mm-hmm. Like only one. There's only one new key that's ever forged in. And it's, you know, um, oh, shit. I can't remember his name now. Um, the older lock boy. Uh, mm-hmm. He forges it because he has a bit of that metal. Like, so I don't know what they're doing here. And honestly, I don't care. I also hate that Sean Aston, or not Sean Aston, uh, Sean, uh, or Aaron Ashmore. Uh, Ashmore. Is it Ashmore, Aaron or yeah. is it Sean Ashmore? I, I think this is Sean. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Like... It's, it's whichever one did not play Jimmy Olsen, I think. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the, 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 whichever Ashmore twin it is, uh, is seen with the kids fighting. And it's like, no. You you miss the entire point of who has access to these keys and, and access to the magic. Yeah. And I, I this is one of those that maybe a couple years around like and again it, it premieres on October twenty second on Netflix. Yep. I'm not gonna be watching it. 
No. I, I mean, not now, at least. I, there's too many other things that have that have piqued my interest. I wasn't a fan of the first season. I didn't think it was terrible. And again, part of that was because I didn't have that comic book background. I like what I saw in the first, you know, 10 issues or so. Mm-hmm. And I knew they changed stuff. And some of the stuff for a lot of most, almost all the stuff for no reason, let's be honest. And this one, like just as a trailer, even without that background, just the trailer itself just didn't do much for me. Right. Like there were a couple cool scenes here, here and there, but overall, no, I, I just, it, it doesn't, didn't add any type of excitement or even anticipation for right. me to take my time to see it. It was, it, it reminds me of, what we what happened with why is the last man in the sense of i watched the first three episodes and i said i'm never gonna i'm not gonna watch anything else of that show i'm just not yeah. this one for me at least i may be in the in the future but again <laughs> as uh they said in top gun my net like my netflix list is long yet distinguished i so uh that I, will I, be on the back end of things i gave this series the first season i'm not giving yeah, and, any and, more of my time and I know that was a struggle for you, and yes, and, it as you really, told me, so, really was. Yeah. Like I, 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 I sat there and, like, it was the true definition of hate watching, um, <laughs> because not yeah. only did I hate watching it, but I hated myself for watching it. Like, you know, uh, like I, I love that's why you, could, that's why you had love, trouble sleeping that that year. Yep, I love Entourage, <laughs> but like I hate myself yeah. for loving Entourage. So, um. All right, let's move on to the last trailer, actual trailer, for Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City in theaters, exclusively in theaters, on November 24th. And let's be honest, watching this trailer, what do you think the best thing of this trailer was? Um, That it ended and I'm not going to go watch this movie. (laughs) No, I, no. you know, I, I, I enjoy, actually, I, I will probably watch this movie. The best yeah. thing about this trailer is it's got the superior ML. Exactly. And so. as far as characters go from the Resident Evil franchise, he is the only one that actually is a great pick for his character, Chris Redfield. Yeah. He looks like him. He has that. I'm not going to use it. He has. I'm going to use it. He has the gravitas. <gasps> it seems. I haven't used that in a while. I know I've used it. Which, more than by you. the way, yeah, it was. It's funny. I was listening to a radio promo the other day, and uh, Colin Coward used gravitas talking about something. Did you like, immediately yeah. think about slitting your throat because you say <laughs> anything that Colin Coward says? <laughs> but yeah, he looks great. Everything else. Actually, so much. I, I'm, the CG. I, I have the trailer going. Is that Teresa Palmer? The I don't. But it's got it's got it's got Tom Hooper. It's got Neil. Um, it, it does have. I, what's I, his I don't name? know who he's playing. Neil. Um, the dude who was dumb, dumb Dugan. Um, oh, Neil McDonough. Neil McDonough. I want to say Neil Donahoe. Yeah, no, Neil McDonough. So like, yeah, I mean, it's got it's got three actors I like. So I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah and, and again th- i really think this one should have been on streaming it just because it just it has that cheaper look of a some of the streaming movies yeah, I, I don't understand why it's coming out a month after halloween that doesn't make any sense either like this yeah, really this movie doesn't. should be coming this movie should have actually come out 
in September. Like, yeah, that would have been yeah. a better use of this movie to be like, we're the kicking off the, the Halloween season, you know, trick or treat, no treats here, nothing but tricks. <laughs> and there was like, wait, you're, you're showing us a movie about hookers. What the hell? Um, <laughs> but it's it, again, to the point of as much as I think, you know, this movie is going to bomb or well, I, I guarantee it's going to bomb. Yeah. And as much as this special effects look bad, it's a resident evil movie that the concept is good. I like the concept. I actually really like the concept. I don't think the actors for the most part, for most of the actors were good picks for their characters based on what I know of the franchise and what I've played. Yeah. But I'm going to check it out. Let's be honest. It's a zombie movie. You know, it has a superior ML in it. It's a video game movie. I'm going to check it out. Oh, it is Kaya Sodalario. Is the girl I thought was Teresa Palmer? Um, let's see. What is she known for? Oh, she's oh, she played Teresa in the Maze Runner. Ah, uh, that's who she is. Okay. That's why I know her. And she was in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. She was in Crawl. That was the one where the alligators like were in the house that yeah. flooded. I still haven't watched that yet. I don't want to watch that because that is terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> like I am not an alligator wrestler, so that is terrifying. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's you know what? Honestly, this is the kind of dumb shit we should go see at the theater just to yeah. support movies uh, directed yeah, I, and written that... by Johannes Roberts. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's Kaya. Uh, Robbie Amell, Hannah John Kamen, who is she's in something coming up, isn't she? she yeah, she's is, gonna be Red Sonia. Yeah, she was also um, the the what the thing in um, Ant Man and the Wasp, Ghost. Yes, Ghost. Yeah, um, I li- actually like her. Yeah, and, I do uh, too. she's been in a couple other movies. Dude, it's series. got Donald Loge. I'm all in. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Donald yeah. Rose. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, let's be honest. I, like, I think it's going to be bad, but again, that this is is it going to entertain me? That's the important. That's the most important thing for me. Well, hold like on. Venom. It's got Venom. Chad, entertain. It's got Chad Rook. Who? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Who? <laughs> what? What is a Chad Rook? I don't know. Um. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, what if? What if? What if? What if? What if was good? I mean, wait, hold on, we already did that episode. Um, <laughs> all right, so what if season one ended? Um, I'm just gonna get this out of the way. Uh, rating the series uh, as a whole, four out of ten disappointed Brian's. Um, <laughs> Do not recommend, <laughs> would not watch again, will not watch season two, most likely. Okay. So on the opposite end of that, I will get six out of ten inconsistent yet entertaining. I would absolutely recommend. Uh, I They definitely need to clean things up because the biggest gripe for me is that, and again, we've talked about this off air, is that these writers seem as if they have never watched an MCU movie and you cannot use it's a what if 
as an excuse. The only character that they got right across the entire series was Peggy Carter. Yes. She was she was the 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 only character who was consistently well written. Haley Atwell did the voice, so it was consistently well acted and was someone who was a genuine hero. Yes. Uh T'Challa was a Gary Stu. Uh Doctor I, I don't even want to talk. Doctor actually, Strange I'm... was horrible. In 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 Slumbly Doo's Glinglebutch even did the voice. Uh, so. uh Bun Bunder Bunder Stu Bingley Batch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh yeah. Uh Cumberbuns Scumber Snooze. <laughs> <laughs> how much more do, of this do we have <laughs> of what podcasting of this podcast <laughs> for the rest of your life Daryl for the rest of your life <laughs> welcome to hell <laughs> hey remember remember that lost chapter in paradise lost huh yeah you're living it <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all right, all right. So, so you you made me pick three. <laughs> you said just pick three episodes you like, and I replied three. <laughs> that many. <laughs> um. Anyway, so you you your three are: what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? And what if zombies? Mine are: what yes. if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? What if zombies? And what if Ultron won? Which I actually did find very compelling. And I will get yeah. to that. Why? That was actually an honorable mention for yeah, me. Yeah, honorable uh, mentions don't count on the show. Why the hell did you like Doctor Strange loses his heart? All right, first hands? of all, like, no, no, you I'm, said Doctor Strange was, why? Like, what? what is your reasoning behind it? Well, it was boring. It was really boring. It was. Okay, no, no, not, no, not the, oh. the show. It's not the episode itself. I mean doctor strange himself i love doc oh uh the doctor strange in this yes well anytime you you have a character that you decide to split and you're only going to focus on one side of its personality and then when you're following the other side of the character you're focusing on the other side of that personality and you know that these two characters exist at the same time as the watcher as the viewer sorry the watcher is a character in the show as the viewer uh in the voyeuristic experience, you know you're getting served up two one-dimensional characters that really need to be brought back together to make the greater whole. But as much as I love the whole Groundhog's Day, let me keep redoing this day over and over until I get it right, mm -hmm. he's much he's a much more capable character than we ever than we got to see. Um, because you have to remember. When he lost his hands, he was able to go to Tibet or Timbuktu or wherever he went. Kamartash. Kamartash, thank you. Um, and find what he needed to find on his own. In this, it was just I nothing nothing he did. You you know how we, we, we want people to like do the good stuff and have it be earned? Mm -hmm. Nothing he did to turn bad felt earned. It was just like he had lived so many lives and he had accumulated so much red on his ledger, to quote your girl. It was like mm -hmm. watching Emmett Smith play football. Like, you know, he's going to get four yards a run, 
but he's going to do it for the next 25,000 years. So he's going to be the top rusher in the history of the league. There was just nothing like there. It was good, but nothing was great about the, about the use of Dr. Strange in okay, that I, episode, that... the use of Dr. Strange in what if the watcher broke his oath now? Fantastic use of Dr. So, Strange. And, and again, again, this is the thing I don't, one, I didn't think it was boring. And I can see, see why in parts you could say that. But And I thought they could do more with that episode. I like the episode because of that journey. I, I don't think he was not one-dimensional uh, in the sense of, yes, I'm not sure about the whole two-part splitting, but th- this Doctor Strange was, well, you could say what he did was you know one-dimensional in the sense of being bad, but he never came across as just this mustache trolling bad guy correct it was a it was a character that just like him and this is absolutely this is why i liked it it was true to his character in the sense of him always feeling like he can do he can fix something and this obsession i guess i'm, I'm not sure if that's the right word for it because that's what well i guess that's what it was in episode four it was that obsession of if only i have the right tools i can fix this Mm-hmm. And I love what that says because there are some things that cannot be fixed, and I, there are some things again you just have to deal with. And that so I, and, I think, and sad. Hold on, just like to your point, like I can get the tools to fix this. Fix this though, is it wasn't about getting a tool or learning a tool. At a point, it just became about consumption of pulling yes, things and that's, stealing power, and. I just I did not find that a compelling enough uh, story to really get invested into it because it was and 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 and, and you know I, I'm ha- like I'm you know me I'm happy you like this episode I'm I'm always mm-hmm. happy when people like things um, and I'm not telling you like ooh don't like this I'm just like to me no I get where you're coming from like I, I think, I'm just saying that to me I I think like that. Why he was like I told I mean we talked about this already. When he was mm-hmm. when he was consuming, I would have liked to have seen him consume like Doctor Doom or you know, like Magneto, something like that. Just some like fan servicey, like bullshit thing to show like, hey, he's actually taking like like especially Doctor Doom because he's magical, right? He they're they're mm-hmm. taking characters. Magic. You know, Ileana wrote uh uh Rasmussen, you know. Like that would have been really cool to see him like absorbing other sorcerers who could be sorcerer supremes in other dimensions. Like yeah. instead, it was like a bug and then a butterfly and then yeah, a crab I, and then the big so stupid thing from the end of Captain Carter. Yeah, Sorry. but hold on. When you said like you, you were talking about consumption, that is actually a tool, though. He, you know, it's it's like, you know, you can have the car, you can have the engine, you can have everything else. But if you don't have the gas, that is a, a major part of sure what you have to do to go. So I would I would argue that is absolutely a tool, not just consumption mm-hmm. to your point. As far as, you know, having that fan service, that would have been so damn cool if they would have done it, they, you know, they didn't have to do all three of those. If they would have used one character that we knew, I mean, they did have the, you know, the gnome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I've seen that in another movie. I can't think of which from what, but that would have been actually really cool. Yeah, and I, I love what they yeah. did with, with him in the finale. Well, the payoff even though the was finale the finale itself. The payoff for yes. that character was the finale. And that character 
was legitimately the best part of the finale. Yeah, I, I love that. That was actually one of the one things I loved about the finale. But that was character the, was in the, the finale, action. Yes, the character in the finale had also reabsorbed the other side of himself. Yeah, so he was at he yeah. was at full. Uh, he was going but still. He's going against against some uh, uh, entity with six infinity stones, which sure. was pretty cool. Yeah, I know. So I mean, the like, one thing. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, just not just for that that you know these characters, but the one thing that I think we both, even when we had issues with episodes, and we both had issues with you know you obviously more than me, <laughs> but I had several issues with episodes. The one thing that I loved throughout has been the animation, has been the action set pieces, has been for the most part the voice voice casting. You know, there were a couple that were I wasn't you know huge fans of, uh, but. That was the one thing that was constant. I thought this was an inconsistent series. You know, they we had the T'Challa issue. We had, you know, the what was the issue after that? The Avengers when Hank Pym just goes crazy after, you know, blaming his, you know, Nick Fear and killing every all the Avengers. You know, you can only go so much in saying this is just, you know, what if. But also I did, you know, even though I said it was stupid fun, like the Party Thor episode, I didn't like their characterization of Thor like and this goes a little bit further to why I'm concerned with the MCU going forward is that see the the thing about Thor if he were an only uh, party Thor I think that's what they're calling mm-hmm. him uh, yeah. it makes me really look forward today where to the day where they don't have the uh, the copyright on Spider-Man anymore <laughs> Yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah, it's, again, it, in, in, in a retrospective, and I don't mean just this series, in a retrospective of the MCU as a whole, I love the MCU, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I know. Me if too. they could have cut out about 20% of, it, it overall, some of the humor, and let some scenes breathe, I think it would, it, it would have absolutely been better off. And the whole party Thor thing, I know it was, you know, for comedy. I know Chris Hemsworth is very underrated for comedy. Yeah. It just got, it was just a ridiculous thing. Even though I thought the, the show, the uh, episode was fun. I didn't like what they did with this character. Yeah. And that was part of the inconsistency of this series. Started off great. You know, both of us said Captain Carter. You know, that was probably my favorite episode mm-hmm. because it was the most consistent from a character standpoint, from a storytelling standpoint. And that character remained true, you know, even though it took her, you know, two, uh, you know, seven episodes before she came back to come back to the screen. Still, it was the most consistent character representation in the what if universe, even, you know, even though I love Doctor Strange, some of the stuff was not consistent. Yeah. And that overall was was pretty much what I'll think of this series. I will absolutely watch season two. I just really hope they get consistency and they sit down and they say, hey, and we know we're working with what ifs, but let's be a little bit more consistent with these characters well, and what people have seen. I mean, I'm shocked there wasn't more consistency because this was a three-person team, essentially. Brian Andrews directed yeah. every episode, and the episodes were either written by A.C. Bradley Matthew Chauncey or AC Bradley and Matthew Chauncey. <laughs> I didn't so, yeah, I didn't realize yeah, it, I didn't realize they like, were it was that like that yeah, so concentrated. So when when it's yeah, I don't know. 
Um, all right, we both like the zombies one. We talked about the zombies one. It was, the, I think, it was the last episode we talked about, right? Um, uh, I think so. But yeah, it was fine. It had flaws, but it was fine. And and zombies are cool. Um, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's pretty much zombies are cool. I, uh, yep. I so the other one is I I picked Ultron one, um, and I, what I liked about it was the whole thing with the vision, um. The whole idea that 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 Ultron was successful in, um, you know, taking over Vision. Um, now, mm-hmm. I, I have the same issue that you had where when Thanos shows up on Earth with uh, a nearly with, five or- with a nearly complete yeah. Infinity Gauntlet, Thanos or Thanos Ultron bisects him immediately. Um, and. I think that Matthew Chauncey and Brian Andrews did not understand that Thanos does not need to snap his fingers to make everything happen. He does not need to clench his fist to make everything happen. It happens at the speed of thought, which is faster than yes. the speed of light. And also, Ultron did say interesting before he did that. Right. So, so yeah. Uh, I just, like, you know, you 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 had issues with the uh, pussification of Thanos throughout this series. Throughout the um, series. <laughs> but yeah, I but what I did like is the callback to Winter Soldier finding Armin Zola and uh putting him into the Ultron drone and Black Widow carrying him like Yoda up that up that uh uh missile silo and then getting the opposite of uh endgame where Barton sacrifices himself. And uh, one, the technology use of arrows was amazing. I loved it. I loved yeah. every every arrow he fired was cooler than the last. And then the shot of him diving down into the Ultrons uh, was just so, I mean, that was that was the best animation of the series. Yeah, I yeah, that was I, I think I told you that I saw somebody do that as a wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. Uh it was incredible. So I, it was absolutely incredible. But um no, I thoroughly I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um but yeah, so yeah, I mean still four four out of ten would not recommend. <laughs> um you know, it's just I, I was I was highly disappointed. Um Yeah. Uh, but and, you know, and and again, this is because I I did a six out of ten. I would actually, I'd rewatch most of these episodes again. It doesn't mean I I can absolutely see like a lot of the the issues you have. Yeah, you know, I had some of the same issues. Like again, my biggest complaint is the inconsistency in this in this series. Yeah, well, I had a rookie and, move. I need to go back and watch the uh, mid credit scene at the end of the last episode. <sighs> I know rookie move. And what we were just, what were we doing? We were when we watched Venom, when people were walking oh, out. I, I actually said rookie move. All these people are leaving, so which is why I called myself. <laughs> hey, I called myself out on this. So yeah, that's actually pretty. You good. You know what though yeah. is, I just could not wait for the episode to be done and just to turn it <laughs> off and be like, I'm done with this series. I don't ever have to click on what if again. Um, but but yeah. All right, let's uh let's move on to the last uh well saying the last topic i have a surprise last topic for you uh heels yeah um heels the penultimate episode favorite Ah, there's that word penultimate 
Uh, directed by Peter Siegel. Oh, I'm sorry. It's called The Big Bad Fish Man. Uh, directed by Peter Siegel. Written by Rodney Barnes. Uh, this was a weird episode. Yeah. I think that's the only way to put it. I mean, this... They should not have done... Well, one, they should not have done a break in between these last three episodes here. Um, like they did. Because the last episode aired in September... Um, I know it, the, but, uh, what was it? Yeah. September 19th was the last episode that aired. So it, it had been a little while and that episode was the one where they did big Jim's baptism, baby baptism and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. this is the filler episode we needed. Not that. Right. And I yeah. really, what I, what I'm really kind of like upset now is cause it's only eight episodes is they shouldn't have done they, they could have peppered the big Jim um baptism into the prior episode and done this, then do what's gonna be the season finale, and then season eight is an episode that is the aftermath of the season finale. And it in in that on a massive cliffhanger, like after all their success, what do they do? Yeah. Not it's gonna end at the end of the uh you know, uh Georgia State Fair and you know uh who's going to be the champion and who's you know who's going where and I I don't I just I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I I thought the the episode ended or ended. It started off strong mm-hmm. with I thought I I thought that scene between Jack and Tom was a very compelling scene the and the flashback it, was and, necessary. Yeah, and it it was there to you know and again it it you know, we were talking about how Jack and like the, you know, the article you're reading about where they were talking about these characters are complex and, yeah. you know, multidimensional. And you were like, no, they're not. But, and this is one of those examples that gives us a look into, it adds complexity to Jack's character. Now, this is the thing. And, and also, this is the thing. Your past traumas do not justify your present actions right uh yeah it might make understanding your so how somebody is it it absolutely does but it doesn't justify it uh and that's what i think that was this was a yeah you were what you said this was necessary to see you know jack even then like i mean what i'm saying even then it was like Mm -hmm. what a year ago so it wasn't like it was that long ago where he's like, look, we need help. We need to save the DWL. We need this. We need that. And, you know, his father, is, like Tom Spade, was a stubborn son of a bitch. And he he's he just. All right. So I have a, I have a question. So, yeah, they did this flashback. They did one other flashback with Tom. And that was when he killed himself. Do you think that they avoided the flashbacks showing kind of. What what was happening because of all the criticism Arrow got for it? That's a really good question. So I, I, I think I would, so. I think they did because Arrow leaned on that as so much of a crutch. Hard, yes. And like yes. you can't do that to Stephen Amell again, right? Um, mm-hmm. Now, I think because his head is pretty much clean shaven in this, like they didn't have to worry about the shitty wig budget, but um yeah i i just i don't know i i liked seeing that version of jack being not confident 
and and kind of timid. Uh, yeah, about absolutely. It. And and you know, I like Tom getting on him for uh, Ace. You know, um, about trying to get Ace to wrestle. Um, but Ace is apparently the uh, oldest twenty-one-year-old on the planet. Like he looks like he's a fifty-year-old man. Um, so, <laughs> like, sorry, Alex. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it was. It's just. Uh, it, it was really necessary. It was a really good scene. Um, you, they showed a whole lot of what was wrong with Tom and Ace or Tom and Jack's relationship in a really mm-hmm. short amount of time. Um, yeah. And, and also I would argue like they also added like what's wrong with Jack and Ace's relationship because Jack is Jack looks at Ace. And again, not to say that it's not absolutely uh, understandable, but he's, he looked down on him. He's like, look, he, he doesn't go to class. Yep. He, he's this, he's, he's going to a D two school. Yeah. Like that was a, that was a shit. And yeah, that was a shitty thing to say, considering yeah. there are a lot of talent coming from D two schools. Tony Not Romo a went to a D two school. Steve McNair. I mean, the best thing that Steve happened McNair. to the, uh, the Cowboys was when Tony Romo fractured his vagina, but still, um, anyway, moving on the open tryout was my favorite <laughs> part of this episode. Yes, uh, the dad. The dad. Uh, but more importantly, we got to see Crystal wrestle again, which has been yes. a long time coming. Um, and I loved when she was trying to body slam um, Wild Bill, and like you yeah. know, he knew the the part like like that Willie had seen what she needed to see, and he's just standing there. And she's like ur, ur, trying to pick him up. <laughs> um, but again, Jack just let let me down when when willie's like no like crystal and he should have shown crystal or he should have shown jack she should have shown jack words are hard what crystal did in the ring mm-hmm. um, yeah that would have been amazing uh for for to have jack be like oh wait a second and then willie's idea to put crystal in the main event like yeah why mm-hmm. not you have to shake things up it's the fair like do it and put put the belt on her just think what kind of a heel that would make ace after that um and it's very kind of tessa blanchard uh impact wrestling because she was the the impact heavyweight not women's the impact heavyweight champion uh before she Mm -hmm. got fired for being an asshole um but yeah it, it was it was really really cool um you know seeing seeing gully uh, fly, flying the helicopter himself, mind you, uh, up to the dome to vandalize it was a great scene. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, that guy's a piece of work. Like, I love that he took the the well, one. Okay, well, first he he made all of these promos for all of the DWL guys in FWD like promos promo materials. And then they used cardstock and glued it on. And even the glue was fancy, according to Diego. Um, by the <laughs> way, Di- Diego won the episode. Just just putting that one out there. Um. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite uh, like little jokes in this. Like yeah. the first thing that Jack yeah. does when he gets it. It's like, who puts this on cardstock? Yeah, who prints this and, on and, cardstock? And, on both sides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was... Uh, 
that was that was great. And like again, like I feel like we took too long to get here. Yes, I absolutely think that. Like I liked Willie being kind of this like person behind the scenes and everything, but we 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 got too long to get to the to FWD um motive not just motives but like actions. Um and and you know uh on the back of the of the cardstock was an invitation for all of the DWL wrestlers to come to Gully Mansion for a pre-party. Yeah. And Yeah, of course. And I the whole thing with Ace and I didn't know what to expect after seeing, you know, when we saw the trailer for this mm-hmm. or the promo for this. And, you know, Ace is, you know, the first thing he goes to, to say to Gully is, you know, you don't mess with my family and this, yeah. that, and the other. But it, again, with a lot of things Ace does, it did not, see, it seemed insincere. Well, it yeah, was more, Ace al- doesn't have any integrity. Yeah. And it was more along the lines of someone saying something and waiting for that person to counter in the sense of telling them, giving them what they want to hear. It was it was similar to similar, but not not I won't quite to say the same. But when Roost, Rooster and was it last episode or one before that when him and Gully when Gully dropped a thousand dollars, yeah, and Rooster's like, you know, yeah, you know, don't don't do that shit to me, yeah. And Gully's reply, I will say, it's worse with Ace mm-hmm. in the sense because Ace had no intention of. He was there for the pitch. As much as he proclaimed, you know, I'm not going to, you know, cross my brother. I'm not going to betray my brother. It didn't take much for him to change his mind. Yeah. Because Um, his mind was already changed. He just needed, he just needed an excuse more than good convincing or a good argument to go another route. Did you, uh, so you watched uh, Blue Mountain State, right? I did not. Oh, okay. So, like Thad Castle, Alan Richmond's character, Richards, yeah, Richmond's character, um, <laughs> like his his character Thad would like snort cocaine and yelled cocaine every time he did it, right? <laughs> and that's all I could think of when when Ace and, and Gully were sitting there snorting coke on the table. <laughs> yeah, they they were. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like Gully hooked him up with like a smoking hot valet who who was. Uh, surprisingly caring when he's like oh it's my mom <laughs> like when he when yeah when he, like when he was calling crystal um but yeah i, I just like I, what i re- i'm trying to think of the right way to say it. so when when we see the the florida dystopia wrestling it's rooster wrestling i didn't even recognize him right uh yeah because alan maladondo like just didn't even look like rooster because he had the the like it kind of pulled into a mohawk and it was dyed and i don't know it wasn't until we started yelling rooster time that i was like oh that's rooster um which was stupid um yeah but you know they put the strap on rooster his first night in the company and then gully tells ace and and this is where like ace kind of had a moment he tells ace he goes yeah we're gonna put it on you next week and yeah, it's just like yeah, it's, it's like, like well, I think I think Rooster deserves more time with it, and and then Gully tells him, no, you're uh, he was the bait. Rooster was the bait. You're the you're the yeah. big fish, um, and so yeah, but 
so after Ace like called Crystals, she went right to Jack, which I found really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I, um, I did, especially because the last couple episodes after, you know, everything blew up, mm-hmm. Jack has had this, you know, she's been trying to talk to him and you know, she, she even mentioned like she's trying to work up the nerve to talk to him mm-hmm. about what happened. And so there the fact that she, you know, I mean shows that that type of loyalty despite you know, despite a rocky sense of their relationship right now, or their, you know, as far as, you know, workers to, working together, it does say something for her and the type of person that she is. Yeah. So, and, and the fact that, uh, Stacy like stood up for her, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So, and, uh, and uh, speaking of the ace or the ace, the spade family, I love the fact that, it took, t- well, I don't know if I loved it, but I, I loved how Tommy was the one to call out Ace when he said he's a bad person. Yeah. And th- th- I mean, this episode doesn't do anything to change that. No. Yes. Tommy was maybe mixing up in a sense, or at least this is what Jack said, mixing up in a sense, you know, the kayfabe versus reality. But I also think there might be something subconsciously within the kid that knows that, you know, I might love, you know, I love my uncle, but he's not necessarily a good guy. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we neglected to talk about Tommy and the bully. Uh, oh yes. Which no, I was, did love that. That was, Absolutely. that was completely unexpected. Right. So the older boy yeah. sees, uh, sees Tommy coming up at the water fountain. And he's like, Oh, I'm just going to take a drink. And he's like, he looks at his buddy and gives him like the little head nod. And he's like, watch this. And the 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 other kids like he's thirsty, and uh, and and then oh, what did what did he say? He said, "Are you gonna cry like your uncle or whatever?" Uh, yeah. And and Tommy goes, "No, I'm gonna punch you in the face," and just walks up and just, bam, knocks him out. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I mean that that was pretty good. The other thing I forgot to call out was Wild Bill's uh, pigtails. I I think uh, Chris Bauer that was needs cool. to yeah needs to. Really rocked that look twenty four seven. That was that was fantastic. I didn't know what to think of that when I saw it. I, said, I loved wow, it. I, I, I was I laughed. Was I was like, that is so wild. Like that. That's so that. Character. That's absolutely wild, Bill. I, yes. I will one hundred percent. I will one hundred percent say, outside of Crystal, he is the most developed character on the show. Yeah, and that I, has I, I would say that I would everything agree. to do with Chris Bauer, arguably being the best actor on the show. Yes. So, um, taking nothing away from anybody else. Uh, I do think, uh, Kelly Berglund is crystal is the breakout of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and I, I think Allison left cause I've never seen her in anything. I've never seen any of the other stuff she's done. She's, she's, she's great too. Um, but so crystal tells Jack what's going on and he hightails it down to, to Jacksonville. Um, so I guess Duffy is like right on the Florida border. Yeah. So because yeah, because he he made that he made he got there quite pretty. I, I mean he he well, got there before the the show ended. So yeah, uh, I was yeah because that show it yeah it was it started so yeah. this is I mean unless it's Game of Thrones teleporting, it, it's pretty um, close. Yeah. To, it has to be pretty close. Well, maybe maybe he's maybe the DWL has a helicopter that we don't know about, uh, and they didn't have the budget <laughs> to show. Uh, but no, I mean, he, he, he shows up and, you know, he's got the hat, he's incognito and he gets in the ring 
and he kicks the shit out of Gully. And Gu- the episode ends with Gully saying, get this fucker. And uh, like <laughs> that was that like that was a great way to go out. Yeah, I did not expect him that to happen. So I, that was one of those pleasant surprises that I'd say that's that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how this part shakes out and how it transitions into the right. state fair. Yeah, because in the preview, you see Rooster saying, like, let's go ruin their big night. Um, yeah. Which is like, come on, dude. Uh, okay, so out of five, Stacy, or uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Stacy Spade singing the national anthem at the rodeo. Uh, what do you give this? I, I'll give it a three. I thought it was... Again, that's not saying it was it was bad or there were some very some excellent moments in it. Some 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 standouts, you know, Crystal, Mm -hmm. Wild Bill, you know, Tommy Boy Spade. Uh, But there was something about it. And and I'm trying to figure it out. It didn't quite. I love the first scene with Jack and his dad. I love that scene. I just. I don't know if it's because we had that filler two weeks ago mm-hmm. or the fill, you know, it might, if, if we didn't have that, the, the previous episode or the, you know, the um, baptism episode, I'm wondering if I might've given this a higher score, but yeah. considering that this comes on the tail, it almost felt like not this episode, but this, these two episodes felt like they wasted potential yeah. in storytelling and like you said, they could have mixed, you know, made made extensive cuts, put the baptism in this episode or in another or something along those lines. But I, I mean, I think it's solid. Don't get me wrong. I thought this was a solid episode. It does help add to the tension. You know, I love the bookend of the Jack and his father and then Jack standing up for the DWL and finding himself in enemy territory. And I'm really curious to see where it goes. But I, I'll still keep that as a three out of five. Okay. I'm going to go three and a half out of five um, just to be indignant. No, I'm kidding. Uh, No, I mean, I liked it. I thought, I thought it was a, it was a fine penultimate episode. I I do think that there, this should have been the third to last episode of the season. Um, But it does not take away from how the story jumped forward leaps and bounds uh, this time out. All right. So that's heels. Are you ready for your surprise? Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about this. All right, what are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I am reading right now. I'm still reading Dune. I probably have maybe 100 pages to go, All right. maybe a little bit more than that. I told you that uh, they were, you know, uh, where was I? Paul was about to ride his first maker. Nice. That's a very exciting part of the book. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. Nice. Uh, sweet. All right. I am reading uh, a cookbook, actually, uh, by Joshua Weissman. It's called Joshua Weissman, an unapologetic cookbook. Uh, he's a YouTuber. I don't know if you've ever seen him or not. Uh, I saw him when you posted about yeah. this. So, that's, uh, that's about it. He so. says uh, he says Papa Kiss a lot, which I really like. And he uh, he says, like, Quispy and Whiskey Business. Um but no, this is a really great foot. Like he's he's a chef. He's an accomplished chef, uh, oh, okay. sous chef and otherwise. And he he put this this uh, this cookbook out, which is it's 
mostly the stuff that he has uh, done on his show. But at the same time, like, it really goes into, like, how to do this stuff and, like, what it's for and what it happens. And I, I really liked in the, the kind of the opening part of the book. He's got, like, the unapologetic kitchen about what it is. And then he's got this whole, like, thing. It says food has to be built. And I just want to read part of this paragraph. It says, so food has to be built. No, not built like the robots that squirt sauce onto a burger, which will never form a single molecule of mold on it. I mean that just about anything you put into your mouth, please keep your dirty thoughts at bay here, from the ketchup you dip your fries in to the fancy grocery store chocolate you eat has to be built. Produce aside, at some point, literally every food has to be pieced together in a balanced way to make it what it is. Most of the effort to do so and the value that it gives us is lazily dismissed. You know how the saying goes. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Um, I think this is great. Uh, you and I are both very active, um, you know, with between like lifting and uh other things and, and, and martial arts and things like that. And I don't know about you, but like the thing I struggle most with, as you know, is food. Um, and, and, and that paragraph right there really kind of changed, like click something in my brain, right? Like mm -hmm. it had you, like I spend like, you know, hours a week, like building different muscle groups. Why don't I put this same amount of effort into what I eat? Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, that is one, the idea of what he just said. And, and from a food standpoint, it's funny because every now and then I catch myself thinking about how, how did they get this taste here? And like, what was the process of the history of how did they go from here to here? And you know, what we have on our plate or what I have on my plate or, you know, what I'm you know eating as a snack. And I, I think about all that stuff, but also, uh, as far as what you're saying is absolutely right. The hardest part for me is maintaining, I, you know, I eat pretty good, but there are, you know, I have pockets of where I don't. And mm -hmm. as uh, there was a book, um, uh, which was uh, as a man thinketh by James Allen. And one of the things he says in this is it is easier for a man to control a kingdom. People have found in history that it's easier for, a man to control a kingdom than it is for him to control himself. I know that's kind of paraphrasing the, and again, a lot of people have that issue where they have that one thing that for whatever reason, mm -hmm. it's really tough. And again, I, you know, I will, I find myself sometimes getting off track a little bit, you know, I'll eat good for a few days or, or, you know, consistently. And then I'll have that splurge. And that's like, why, why I didn't, I didn't really need that. Right. And so I, I can absolutely get where you're coming from, from the food standpoint, because yeah. I it's, it's tough. And again, any, anyone, most people that, you know, do this type of stuff that, you know, weight train for whether it be athletics or their, you know, their own, you know, health, most of them will say that's the hardest thing, because again, there is something, you know, riveting about working your body to the point of, you know, it's like, wow, I don't know if I can get this last rep or, you know, I don't know if I could get, you know, can get out from this guy's side control or 
man, I got 30 seconds left and this guy's kicking and punching me. Mm -hmm. There's still something rewarding about that. Food is like, we look at food as, I, I mean, I look at food, I should say as the taste, not necessarily the reward of how it helps fuels my body. And I sometimes, that's one of the things I need to continue to work on. I think a lot of people do. So that is a, that's a great statement. Yeah, and I it, thought so too. I mean, at, I, I know I do my best when I look at food as fuel um, and not necessarily just food as, you know, an enjoyment thing, but mm -hmm. I really enjoy food. I really enjoy well-cooked food. I enjoy flavorful food. Like we went and got Thai for dinner tonight and it was great. And, you know, uh, I, I did not like overindulge. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I mean, I had I had an egg roll. I didn't need an egg roll, but, you know, I had an egg roll. Um, but the restaurant we went to did a fantastic job building the, the, the whole course, the whole meal, you know. And, and it's just something to consider, not just with food, but with everything. Like this podcast is built, you know, um. Yeah, you know, some of it is on autopilot after doing this for six years, but we build this podcast every week. Now, do do we have weeks that that have more effort than others? Absolutely. But that being said, we still build this and 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 do the best possible job that we can. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anywho, we've been talking for an hour and a half. Uh, on that note, make sure you guys uh, check us out on just go to the infospodcast.com. It's got links to everything uh, there. And uh, don't forget, we're going to be at Fretboard on November 8th, trying to do some good for kids so they can have a good Christmas and talking about toys and maybe uh, helping you figure out what you can go pillage from your mom's basement uh, <laughs> that, that like your dad may have down there or you may have down there, depending on how old you are. Um, yeah. All right. Any last words? Nope. That's it. All right. Let's go, Brandon. See ya. <laughs>